Welcome to the Purposely Driven Podcast. Each one of us has a part to play in this world. Our strengths and our gifts make our communities a little bit sweeter. Join me, LaToya Guillory, as I interview community leaders, entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms, and more. Find out what drives them to get up in the morning and fulfill the purpose God has for them. Angela M. Morrison has an extensive history in community development and public affairs. Angela contributes her success to her commitment to serving the Acadiana community. She served on Women's and Children's Hospital Board of Trustees for over 12 years and now serves on Our Lady of Lords Board of Directors, is in the third year of serving on the One Acadiana Board of Directors, having co-chaired the 2021 Vibrant Community Summit and serves as its Governmental Affairs Committee Chair since January 2021. She was elected by her peers from Community Development Credit Unions to serve on the board of their professional network, Inclusive, representing Region 2, and was then elected to its executive board. In 2019, Angela was unanimously elected by the Lafayette Consolidated Council to the Lafayette Public Trust Financing Authority Board of Trustees. Angela also serves on the Board of Hospice of Acadiana's Foundation, supporting the only nonprofit hospice in Acadiana. She has served on the boards of UL Lafayette Alumni Association, past President and Governmental Affairs Chair, United Way of Acadiana Greater Lafayette Chamber of Commerce, Junior League of Lafayette Past President, Acadiana Youth, Workforce Investment, LA District 40, Acadiana Volunteer Organizations Active in Disaster, and the City of Lafayette Commission on the Needs of Women, Past President. Angela is a Class 15 graduate of Leadership Lafayette. She is married to Curtis Morrison. They have two sons and four grandchildren. Her commitment of service to the communities that she loves has been recognized by awards that include 2018 University of Louisiana's Christian Smith Alumni Chapter Outstanding Alumni Recipient, 2017 National Association of University Women's A Tribute to Excellence Honoree, 2015 Junior Achievements Richard E. Baldwin Friend of Business Award, 2013 Women Who Mean Business Honoree, 2011 and 2001 United Way of Acadiana Cornerstone Award recipient, 2011 inducted into the University of Louisiana at Lafayette's chapter of Phi Kappa Phi Honor Society as an outstanding community member, 2011, 2007, and 2001 Lafayette, Louisiana City Parish President, outstanding citizen, and in 2005, Lafayette, Louisiana, City Parish Woman of Excellence, honoree. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of my Purposely Driven podcast. I have with me today, Miss Angela Morrison. I love watching Miss Angela Morrison. She's our 
community connector here in Lafayette, Louisiana. She's involved in all of the things and her heart is just to give back to her community. And so I wanted to get her on here so you can get a chance to get to know her and what drives her to get up in the morning. How you doing, Miss Angela? I'm good. Good morning, Latoya. Thank you for having me. Oh, good morning. And thank you for being here. I just love watching you. I mean, I'm a I don't post on Facebook or social media that often, but I like that people watch from a distance and just to see, you know, what people are doing. Um, I actually had a mind to contact you and you caught me before I caught you. Um, and it's just so great to be able to be in community with you and, and see what you're doing all across Acadiana. And so welcome, welcome. Well, thank you, Latoya, and thank you for such kind words. I, you know, really been able to uh, follow you, you know, in recent months, and especially this past year with us being, you know, not so much out in the community, but when you're a community connector, you try to stay connected, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm so glad I got a chance to discover you. Awesome. I remember meeting you. I don't know if you remember this. But I'm a big fan of the Pen Patrol. Okay. And I remember meeting you some years back, um, L Lauren Callahan. Now, yes. he was yes. Dave's at the time, um, had introduced us at one of the meetings when we were both about to go pin some teachers. If you're not familiar with the Pen Patrol here in Lafayette, it is, it is a time where we get to pin um, teachers who are doing great things and families and the kids that, that they touch or people that they touch, um, award them a specific award, Teacher of the Year, every year. And so we get a chance to go on, love on them and watch the students love on them. And so I actually met you there some years ago. It was okay. brief, uh -huh. um, but since then, I've been kind of having my eye on, <laughs> on you. Oh, uh, that's so kind. Yes, Lauren and I work together. And uh, yeah, I love what that uh, the whole purpose of the Pen Patrol and the Lafayette Education Foundation and being able to recognize teachers in this manner. You know, my parents were school teachers and my husband was a former school teacher. He just retired from being uh, an assistant principal in the Lafayette, from the Lafayette Parish School System. So I grew up with teachers all around me and then continued my adult life with one. So, you know, I know what they give up. And yes, like you, it's just an amazing opportunity to say, thank you for what you do. And you know what? We see you. We see you. Yeah, that. I love that. We see you. We see you. So what does a typical day look like for you? Well, you know, Latoya, I'm an early riser. You know, um, I love waking up between 5 and 6 a.m. And I call that early. I know some folks probably a little earlier than that. You know, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't get up and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> There was a time in my life that was important, you know, really important. And I still like to walk, but uh, my 5 a.m. time is really just for me. It's my quiet time. It's my time to listen to God. It's my time to listen and reflect on what is it that I want to see happen for me today? What do I want to see happen for my family and the people around me? And how do I get there? So I have my conversation with God, you know, in that first hour. And also, you know, sometimes I just read whatever's on my Kindle. And I'm not going to say it's always this 
fabulous, you know, piece of uh, <laughs> literature, but it's something to just help me to, to, to start the day in a calming and um, intentional way. Yeah. I feel like we need that. You know, everybody talks about self-care and one of the things I like to say is self-care is not selfish, but I think even though it sounds like daunting, like getting up at five in the morning or even four in the morning for some people, mm -hmm. you're taking care of yourself. It, mm -hmm. it seems like, you know, you might wear yourself out getting up earlier, but really you're giving yourself time to pause, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And reflect on what's coming mm -hmm. and reflect on who you are in, in that. Mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you're actually taking care of yourself regardless of how other people may look at it. And because I'm an early riser, I like to get to work early. So I usually leave my home between 7.20 and 7.30 a.m. Our work hours start at 8 a.m. So I try to get here, you know, quarter till because the last thing I like want to do is, you know, run in the door and then start right. work right away. I, I, I have to have that time to breathe. So and that's, and then of course, whatever the day brings, I usually have lots of meetings, you know, mm -hmm. uh, either in person via Zoom, you know, over the phone or because I, I love connecting people to the work I do every day. And also not just to one particular piece, but the work I do every day in the community or, you know, here in my office. So, I, you know, that's what my day is filled with. Then I'm home again in the evenings and I like to sit with my husband. We watch, we're big fans of ABC News um, <laughs> with David Muir. And mm -hmm. then I'll plug there for him <laughs> and, that, and that newscast. And then uh, we watch our usually six o'clock and then but you know what we are big fans of Jeopardy so we record it every day and we watch it together so we can see who can answer any of the questions usually my husband's better than me <laughs> <laughs> but we're big Jeopardy fans as well as Wheel of Fortune and uh, I'm yes, really good at that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's like my I feel like my husband and I are like old souls like we literally emulate his parents. <laughs> we do the same thing they do. We are Wheel of Fortune buffs. We love mm -hmm. Wheel of Fortune. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes, yes. And then after that, it's just winding down, you know. And then uh, I'm a, I go to bed early because I do wake up early. I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm usually, you know, whatever needs to be taken care of to, for the next day and those kinds of things. But that's a typical day. And of course, weekends are not so much different, still a lot of self-reflection. Sundays are my self, my true self-care days. I really take a slower pace on Sundays. I try to leave that time for just being able to journal or just doing things that are very focused on family and, uh, and church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's so important. Now we talked about you as a community connector in patrol what are some other things that you like to do in the community you know for most of my professional life I have been involved with some type of community development you know whether it was uh, as a case manager with big brothers big sisters helping more children from single family homes get connected with caring adults to working with the Lafayette Prairie school system trying to connect you know, resources in the community to help children 
and help schools and administrators to do a good job in public education, right? I have had a front row seat. Latoya, I, I tell you, this life has been so great to me. I've had a front row seat to really great things happening. You know, I've, I've stood on the grounds of Lafayette Perry School System under the oak tree with Marlise Dugas, Pastor Marlise Dugas praying mm-hmm. yeah. for our community and our children. I've had the opportunity to sit in the boardrooms of stellar settings to talk mm-hmm. about Parish Proud. I've had the opportunity to sit at the Macomb VA Center and talk about how can more people own their own homes or to improve a neighborhood. All of those things, they, they are really important. You know, those, I, I think those things are really important. So as a connector, being able to walk, I think anywhere. My mother always told me, you can be anything you want. You don't have to have any doors closed to you. And so guess what? I've always worked really hard to open any door that I felt was closed, right? <laughs> and I may not have been successful at every one of those doors, but I, you know, work towards that end and mostly towards the end of doing things that are going to help to improve our community you know make for the greater good I mean that might sound altruistic but it's true it is so true there are little things that you can do every day to make to improve the common you know to to work towards improving and, and contributing to the greater good for the most I you know there's so much to be done you know I hate when we start competing against each other because there's so much to be done and everyone can contribute and everyone can do something, you know, to make it better for someone or some people or some group or some place. So uh, that's what, that's, that's what I see myself as a community connector. I love that. And I love, so I I led a retreat this past weekend. And one of the things that, um, really speaks to me is that God has different strengths and gifts in each and every one of us, right? And like you said, you know, there's so much to be done, right? Mm-hmm. There's no need to compete. Mm-hmm. Compete for what we all, like when one joins applies to another, like if I'm the arm, somebody's got to be the wrist. And if they're the wrist, somebody's got to be the hand, somebody's got to be the fingers. You know, we all work together right. to make happen what needs to happen. Right. And as a community connector, I think that's so important because you're providing resources for people that may not know how to, you know, one of the things I used to love to do, I haven't done this in years, but I used to love to do community carnivals. I would go into um, different parks and recs or different neighborhoods like Ildecon or Hyman Center or what have you. And I would invite all of like the social service agencies or health and fitness agencies like gyms and um, just people that are in the community that has the resources that people may not be able to get to. And being able to utilize, it wasn't a competition. You know, they had counselors out there. It wasn't a competition, but they were there. You know, because they knew that somebody needed their resources. The same with health and fitness. Yeah, there's gyms all across Louisiana, but these people were there because they wanted to help people get help, mm-hmm. right? And so there was no competition. It was everybody in the community, not everybody, but I had a good 
20, you know, 20 organizations coming together in these neighborhoods and just trying to be there, giving them the resources that they need and connecting them to those resources is so it's not enough to just do, you know, fun jumps and give, you know, feed them. Like, you need so much more. Right, right. It's that, it's that old proverb that says, it's the proverb that says, you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. But if you give him, you know, Absolutely. teach him how to fish, then he can eat for a lifetime. Absolutely. And that, that's, that's a lesson that I try to take with me when I'm, talking to groups or working with a coalition, you know, because there's so many coalitions. And look, I've lived a long time. I've been working in this area of this field of, of social service and social justice for probably 35 years. And I've sat on boards and, and commissions or working with coalitions where we try to come up with these ideas of how we can fix it. How can we fix it? But you know yeah. what? You can build it you know and maybe they'll come but at the same time if you build it for someone instead of having them having working together to build it together then you don't have that investment so what you just said is so important how do you help people you know connect to the resources that are there but yet let them choose the resources that work best for them absolutely Absolutely. That's one of the things that I love. Uh, I interned at Habitat some years ago. Um, and one of the things I love is that they didn't enable them, you know, to just get a house. Like it wasn't just like, this is a loan, you know, you get to pay. No, you get to put the sweat equity in and help build your house. And you have more ownership in that. And now you don't just have a house. You have the knowledge of what it takes to maintain a house. You know, you have the knowledge of what it takes to, you know, fix a leak or build drywall, add insulation, all these caulk and all these different things. So you don't just have the knowledge of what it takes to get a loan, but you also have the understanding of what it takes to maintain. And I think that's what people miss is that, yeah, I'm hungry today, uh, but how do I sustain so that I'm not hungry tomorrow? And so we, when we're connecting people, we're giving them those resources so that they can continue on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, one of the passions that I have, you know, what drives me to, to even do this, because I get that question all the time, Angela, how do you, why do you, why do you even do this? You know, why, why are you always doing this? And how, how do you get involved and in all? It's always been because I've had the passion to, ensure that, you know, first of all, it started with myself. When I was a young person in college, I didn't always make the best decisions, right? You know, I was young and I, you know, was caught up in who, who you know, what fashion, you know, what was the latest, what is this? You know, the things that probably were not very important seemed to be very important at the time. And when I first started my, you know, independent life as an adult, maybe 19, 20 years old, I, you know, found myself needing resources and finding it hard to navigate resources, mm. even if it was a, if it's a, at USL or in the community. Realizing, you know, we call it journey mapping, you know, but when, when I took the journey and started understanding how difficult it was for me 
and then you know who I thought was high level intelligent to, to navigate <laughs> the system. Can you imagine people who can't read or write and trying to do that? And so I became more and more passionate about how can not now that I understand how to do it, how can I share that with others? Now over a 10-year period, of course, from 19 to 29, then yeah. I learned how to do that better. When I worked for the city of Lafayette, I was a neighborhood services counselor. That job taught me so much about how to help people navigate. I used to go in the homes of people who had FHA loans or mm -hmm. uh, rural development loans and helping them to maintain their housing so they wouldn't go into forbearance. Uh, forbearance meaning a forgiveness of their mortgage for a few months so that they could yeah. catch up because they had yeah. felt hard times. Mm -hmm. Just helping them to navigate and seeing the, the ability to help people to connect to the resources that they need, but then to reach their goals, just mm. really drove me to even do more and more and more. And how could I open and tell more people about what the needs are? And then those folks that had the resources connect them to the people who had the needs, but then in an impactful way and one that was caring and nurturing and empowering, right? And that was important too. So along that journey, I've met some wonderful people and they've invited me to come sit at their table. And so I have, and so it just continued to connect, yeah. connect, connect. I love that. I love that so much. It's, it's, it's powerful because you get to see the fruit of what you're doing. Right. And and, and I'm all about like legacy too. Like that's like my thing. So whether we realize it or not, we're creating legacy for people who may not even know what that is because we're connecting them to resources that trickle down to their family and everybody that they're connected. Right, another piece of that work was to conduct or coordinate a home virus training. And so I tell you, 20 years later, I had run into people at Walmart and said, Angela, do you remember me? You helped me get my first home because of that class or the financial coaching that I was able to um, help them, you know, with. It, it's such a, it's a, it's a humbling uh, experience to have someone come up to you 20 years later and say, thank you. So I serve on the Lafayette Public Trust Financing Authority, and I do that not only to support what I do every day in work, but also giving back to a, a program that is very impactful in low-income neighborhoods. It's an opportunity. LPTFA is an opportunity to provide resources. They do the first-time homebuyers assistance program and other ways to assist small businesses. We talked about, before we got on the call, talking about sitting at Blacks and having coffee, <laughs> all of those kinds of things. And that's so important to our communities for when we talk about community development. You know, we talk about economic development, all of yeah. that. All of that. It's not about just big business or people, you know, uh, getting on talking about their um, successful business. It's about how do we get the resources to everyone so that they can be self-sustaining and then they can contribute back to the community. And then it's a thriving community, right? Right. So that's, that's, that's what motivates me. And, and so 
it's not just to stay busy. It's not to have my name up in lights or saying that my profile picture, somebody told me yesterday they saw my picture, my profile, <laughs> my, uh, profile picture on a, another site. And I was like, well, you know, it's not about that. It's about the work that that organization does. So my hope is whenever you see my picture anywhere, it's because I'm connecting to something that I believe is going to contribute to the common good. I love that. And that's what wakes you up in the morning. Would you say that's what living with purpose is for you? It is. It is. Living with purpose for me is definitely that. You know, I'm a member of a lot of uh, groups beyond just those boards and commissions. I, I have so many sisterhoods. Junior League of Lafayette was one of the sisterhoods that helped me to develop a lot of my leadership skills because I joined at a time, Latoya, that, you know, people who look like me and you were not as, you know, common in that in that group or, 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 more, or plentiful in that group. It was just a few of us. But not mm-hmm. only did they embrace me and ask me to, you know, be a part of it, they helped me and supported me and promoted me to leadership, you know, becoming the mm-hmm. president of the league was a it was a huge deal I didn't it made me nervous but 20 years later I really still feel the impact of that when I say 20 it was 2005 I still feel the impact of being that president of the league and I can see now the seeds that I planted then mm. begun to grow because when I went to our annual meeting just last week just to see all the beautiful faces and all the different colors of faces, you know, white, brown, black, yellow, red, you know, it's just amazing what the Junior League of Lafayette has become in a true sisterhood of diversity. My time with my sorority, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta. You talked about legacy. My mother and I pledged Delta Sigma Theta at the same time. She, the opulence is... The Opolis is alumni chapter, and I pledged at USL, Beta Xi chapter. My Aunt Hazel Jones, who was um, a very active member of the sorority, was, she helped to charter the Lafayette alumni chapter here and, and spread the love of Delta Sigma Theta across the state. She was a longtime a staff member. She was the head librarian at Grambling State University for many years. But I say that because Delta Sigma Theta is such an important part of my family, legacy ties. Not only am I a Delta, my mother was a Delta, my sisters are all Deltas, my nieces are joining as we speak, you know, so it's it's just a, a beautiful thing for us. I'm a member of Women of Wisdom, I'm, uh, and I think you are too, right? I am, yes, I am. <laughs> what a powerful group of women, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, does an amazing job. Phyllis Mouton is, and you know, when she and I first had coffee together about four years ago, because I told her I wanted to learn more from her because she was the first black woman to lead the Department of Labor for the state of Louisiana mm-hmm. and to be able to, and then she had stepped out as a young woman to run for office. Yeah. That is, a, that to me was very inspiring. She inspires me every day. And to continue to live a life of leadership and to bring other young women and women, even women my age, along and support us and promoting us and doing that was important. 
And of course, Women United, I, you know, I am very involved with United Way of Acadia and I was employed there for many years and for two different positions, two different times, but I still volunteer with them as much as I can, as well as, you know, incorporated in the community development work that I do every day. That's awesome. And you're talking about the junior achievement. I have a lot of friends and and are not junior achievement. I'm sorry, junior achievement just had a, a gala award or, or something. This an event this past week, but um, um, junior league, junior league. Yes, uh, when you talk about junior league, I have a lot of friends in junior league. Now. Um, and just to, so my timeline was flooded with you know that meeting that you were talking about. And just seeing all of that, uh, it's just inspiring. And to now know that you were a part of that, you know, opening those doors for people like me um, and so many more. It's just, it's just amazing what connecting to the community can do. Mm -hmm. I think so. I really think so. And you talked about junior achievement. Yes, that we had a great event yesterday, mentoring yes. a hundred and nearly 130 girls from Northside High School. Latoya, that meant so much from my heart yesterday. It was just amazing. You know, again, Phyllis Mouton, Judy Daniels from Women of Wisdom. You know, because that was an event that was supposed to happen in January and mm -hmm. it got canceled because of the restrictions because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But Women of Wisdom was not going to let that just be, you know, they yeah. were not happy with a no. So they said, let's, let's think about this. We can be more targeted. And of course, Julia Williams with Northside High School said, yes, come on in. And Junior Achievement took the ball uh, and they were able to organize this event yesterday. And had, we had so many mentors from different walks of life, you know, different industries there to mentor girls. And I was so excited. I was with a group of girls. I'm gonna send you the picture that I took with my little group. And it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a great day. It was a really great day. And see, I. I didn't know anything like that was going on, um, but it was just so inspiring to see. That's my wheelhouse. I love mentoring. Mm -hmm. I mentored for <laughs> before you know I could get paid for it. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's my wheelhouse. I love to give back yeah. and just see the fruit again right. of you know what you um, do. I had three girls. Um, they're all good and grown now. Um, I had them when they were young, really young. Mm -hmm. I call them my big babies now because they're, they're grown and, and they're fostering children, <laughs> supervisors. Nice. And so one of them went on a trip to Dallas this week. And it's, it's just amazing to see what happens when you give back you know, to your community in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is, it's, it's, so, it's so important. Where do you draw your strength from? You know, I was telling you a little bit about the sisterhoods that I, I call them my sisterhoods because they that's that's so important to have that girl time, you know, with like-minded women. I have some really close friends that I confide in, talk to about different things, but then I'm, I love meeting new women and all, and just people, not just women, men too. You know, I've had some great male mentors and I'm, I'm not to 
single out any one person. I've had so many people that have come through my life that have taught me so many different things. But I, I draw probably my most strength uh, from my family. My husband of 30 plus years, I, you know, when Curtis and I met, I wasn't too sure that, you know, things were going to work out for me in the love <laughs> area. You know, I was approaching 30 and look, I come from a generation in the 70s, you know, into the 80s where, you know, by the time you're 25, if you're not matched up, <laughs> you're going to be an old maid. So I was approaching 30, not really successful in that area started an aerobics class because just wanting to be strong and healthy. Curtis was one of the instructors, Joe Charles. I give her credit all the time for introducing (laughs) us. We found each other in uh, aerobics. He had been married before and had a son already, but um, we, we just matched and we have been together for over 30 years. We have those two sons, um, at Raphael, just the oldest, he just retired from the military this last week as a lieutenant colonel. He and his wife and four kids, they're moving back to Louisiana and we're so excited about that. Our son, Adam Christopher, is he and his wife live in the Houston area. And um, we that's where I get my, you know, most of my strength from is all of the things that we've been able to accomplish together over the years. When, you know, like I said, when Curtis and I met, I was at, it was at a pivotal time in my life. Where am I going to go next? What am I doing next? You know, I had just overcome some probably not so great decisions and, but I was moving forward. He was too, same thing in his life. And so together we've been able to build what we have today. We're both very involved in the community. Um, as many organizations that I'm in, he's, <laughs> he's got his, you know, between Omega Sci-Fi and a hundred black men and other things, you know, but, but I think that's why we, 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 or we gel so well together because we both have that interest in making our community the best it can be. And we love our children and our grandchildren. And he taught me so much about how to love my family, you know, about his family. He comes from Scott and he grew up on a farm. His family was sharecroppers. And so he learned a lot about he loved, they loved, they didn't have to have a lot of material stuff around, you know, um, his first language is French. And so that was, it was just a lot of things that he had to overcome. When I say overcome, they didn't celebrate that as much when, mm-hmm. when he was a child, as much as they do now. But he taught me how much, how important family is. My siblings and I are so close. My mother and I, um, were very, very close. She passed away. It'll be a year in June. Uh, she was very independent all the way up until the time of COVID when she lost her routine of going to church every day and driving up till 94 years old. She was still driving every day. She, wow. Yes. Yeah, so she passed away at 96. But my siblings, my sisters especially, you know, we are in touch with each other every day. So I draw my strength. And every time I Anytime I have a hard decision or don't feel like things are going the way I'd like to see them go, you know, first, of course, you know, I pray about it and turn to God and I try to listen to what God is teaching me. What door are you opening for me today? Because he's always opening the door, right? But then, of course, Curtis is is my backbone. You know, he's my 
he's he's my partner and then and of course my siblings and my children I love it I love I'm a big proponent of family my family is very close-knit too mm-hmm. um, I, I don't have any family here but my husband's family is in Lake Charles so we get a chance you know go out and see them but I'm originally from Jersey and my oldest brother's in Dallas my mom is in New Orleans so that's the closest Um, but we are very tight and so I appreciate you know family and what family is and and that's where I think my drive for legacy comes from Mm -hmm. the resources um, because we've we've just family is everything it's where your strength comes from and mm-hmm. continue to build so that families can suddenly if you can destroy a family you can destroy a community that's right you know there's critical effects so how can i as a relationship coach help maintain the family life maintain that family dynamic mm-hmm. so that we can continue to go out and connect people to resources and leave legacy from here to beyond that is, that, that is so true. And that's one of the things I've learned about that, that I'm going to take away from the pandemic is the use of technology to be able to stay close. Yes. You know, because we can talk, FaceTime each other. My grandkids that live wherever they live because Raphael was in the army, they moved a lot, but we can mm-hmm. always FaceTime, you know, and, and yes. so I, you know, I know it's not the same as being able to hug, you know, and be close, and but it you can still have that connection because it's important to communicate, to stay connected because life gets busy. We all get busy. And um, if we don't do that, make that connection, it doesn't happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can we find you, Ms. Angela? Well, you know, um, I, I I can tell you I work for Meredith's Credit Union, and uh, I'm here most days. And so, <laughs> if people want to see me here, they can just give me a call. But I do have a, you know, I'm like like you and others. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, and if anybody wants to look me up or friend me, they can surely do that. But uh, also, some of those other opportunities that in the community, you know, just being out, out and about in all those different groups that they can find me. But I, no, I don't have like a, you know, web page or any of that for myself. Yes. No, I, I'm not, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Maybe That's okay. You're still but living with purpose right where you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, one, yes. One question I didn't ask you, I would love to know, what is your favorite scripture quote? You know, my mother used to tell us this all the time and it's, still my favorite and I um I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly what scripture it is but I can read it to you it's because we will only take one thing from this life Latoya and that is the love that we have shared so that's my purpose Mm. absolutely I love that I feel like love makes the world go round Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we need a whole lot more of it yeah, especially after what we saw, experienced, um, uh, what we learned about, what was that, Sunday, the Boston, I mean, not Boston, Buffalo. Um, yes, I Buffalo. I keep saying Boston, too. I don't know <laughs> where Boston is coming from. Okay. <laughs> but because we don't hear a lot about Buffalo very much. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Somebody had posted the photos of each of the victims and a little bit about them, and I reposted it on my Facebook page because it's just, 
tears at my heart when people hate that much. When hate becomes your motive and your purpose, look what happens. But when love becomes your motive and your purpose, there's so much more that can be done. So much more that can be done. I think people need to redefine love means. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Because some people see love in a different way. And, you know, I think about the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, but what is your definition of love to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. Because it's clearly not what happened in Buffalo. Right. That's, that's not loving. I don't know if he was triggered by some family member said, or, you know, what his motive was, what happened, but to drive 200 miles to go and murder people, that's, that's not what we do. That's not what we should be doing. Yeah. You know, it's it's heartbreaking. And if I'm honest, I'm so tired. I'm past tired. Yeah, me too. All of that. It's all, it all comes from a place of fear. Yeah. It's coming from a place of fear and what's going on in, in Ukraine and Russia. And that, that comes from a place of, I want more. You know, I don't have enough. I'm, I'm afraid yeah. if I don't do this, then I'm going to not get more or I will lose what I have. And so yes. when greed, and which is one of the seven deadly sins, is acting upon, and that's what we get. That's what we get. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, a, it's a lot, but it's one of the things that seeing stuff like that makes me fight harder to connect people to the resources that they need so that we can actually have a seat at the table. You know, we can, like you, um, destroy those glass ceilings, you know, shatter those glass ceilings and get a seat at the table and and you be everything that we're called to be because we're all important. Every last one of us are important. We need each other. That's right. No, if we don't start, learn to start working together and connecting together, we're going to have some real big issues. That is correct. And that, you know, and we don't all have to have the exact same goal, but if we can all, if we can at least, but, you know, some people are never going to absorb this because of their may not be capable, but if you can understand how what you do every day can contribute to the common good. And that when I say common good, meaning that you can go to sleep at night and you've made something positive happen, that's contributing to the common good. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this platform that you have, Latoya, to be able to spread love to our community and to your listeners. And I appreciate the invitation to be a part of that. I'm so grateful that you came on. Um, to share your knowledge and your wisdom and and just do the same thing you know it's it's my platform but it's not really I guess I can say it's not really about me it's about making those connections and allowing people to to see that you know it is possible and we can be a joint supply for one another and help this world be a better place Mm -hmm. that's exactly right that's exactly right said that well Well, thank you for coming in and letting us get to know you better. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll be connecting (laughs) in in more circles. (laughs) 
Okay. And let me know if you want to join Junior League. We would love to have oh, you. I know. I'm <laughs> getting invites. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would love to have you. So, you know, um, there's so much to be done and so many, but there are all the others, all the other groups that I belong to. Anything that you see me doing that you have an interest in, and even if you're the, your listeners, if they see me doing something that they have an interest in, connect, call me let me know make the world a better place <laughs> love it that's it messenger on facebook that's it that's <laughs> a good way to make me do yes This has been the Purposely Driven Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast interview and I look forward to you joining me in the future. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. New shows are posted twice a month for your listening pleasure. See you next time.